Thank you for tuning in to the Convos with Anita Santiago podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can reach out to me directly at Convos, C-W-S, that's C-O-N-V-O-S, C-W-S at gmail.com. Today, we have part two of my interview with David Mingo. If you didn't hear part one, you got to go back and listen to it because it was absolutely phenomenal. Today, um, in this part two, we're going to pivot a little bit and we're going to dig in a little deeper about the importance of family history. David is going to share information about the importance of knowing your family story and why it's important to pass that information on to future generations. As always, links for our guest speakers can be found on the website at lifeconvos.com. Just go to the guest section and you'll find um, information for every guest speaker that I've ever had on. You can link up with them directly there. And hey, David, welcome back to the show. Hey, good to be here. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you letting me twist your arm for a part two. Um, I think this topic is so relevant because people spend so much time trying to find themselves and understand themselves and find meaning in life and to get a sense of who they are. And one of the things that I've been able to um, get from the work that you do is that through our family stories, a lot of those questions can be answered. We can understand ourselves and how we came to be through the stories and through the history that's within our own families. So in in part one of our interview, you kind of touched on um, one of your family members and you started to tell us a little bit about that story. Uh, I want to take this time and ask you about the dive into researching your family member, Noah Jones Mingo, how that process was instrumental in you continuing your uh, research into history, African-American history and military history. Oh, absolutely. I'd love to let everybody know I was introduced to Noah Jones Mingo. Let me know when you're ready. Oh, I'm ready. We want the whole story. My listeners want the whole story about Noah Jones Mingo. Um, um, I'll start. Uh, Noah Jones Mingo is my paternal great great grandfather uh, he was on the uh, 1870 census uh, with uh, his wife Annie mm-hmm. um, and I just want to mention that on the same census uh, for my um, double great grandparents on my uh, mother's side mm-hmm. their last names were Brown. Okay. Uh, Reese, Reese Brown, to be specific. And uh, Lucinda I. Brown. Okay. Specific. So, how I ended up meeting Noah was family stories. Mm-hmm. Um, turns out that uh, Noah is one of three uh, sons. Um, he doesn't know who his father or mother is. When I found him on the 1870 census, of course, it listed who his children were, and I was, you know, uh, 
happened relatively quickly that I ended up putting together, you know, who I'm descended from right up, you know, through me. Mm-hmm. That happened relatively quickly. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that uh, I wanted to find out was whether or not it occurred to me that the Civil War occurred a uh, major major conflict occurred right here in Colombia in the Colombia area mm-hmm. uh, it also occurred to me that um, when I was a child we used to have training exercises that would take place and soldiers would come through like our family land mm-hmm. back at the time in the late 60s early 70s um, so I kind of got curious and turns out that it didn't take long for me to find out that through research that Noah ended up joining the Union Army. Uh, okay. And when he joined, he joined with the 135th United States College Troops, uh, which were part of Sherman's uh, military force that of 60,000 men that moved through the area. Uh, with horses and cows and chickens and wagons and uh, cannons and horse bullets and guns. Um, Let me jump in real quick. Um, I just want to let the listeners know that if you want to understand the context, you really need to go back and listen to part one of the interview with David Mingo because he touches on um, how he got curious about his family history and how he started that research proce- process. So in that research process, he was introduced to Noah Jones Mingo and found out a lot of the information that we're discussing here today. So once once I had uh, Noah's name and uh, the fact that I believe that somebody might have joined with the Union Army when they came through the area in um I'll just go ahead and start throwing dates out. Mm -hmm. February 17th, 1865 is when um, General Sherman its 60,000 troops basically Mm -hmm. began bombarding the current Capitol building. Still has pockmarks from where cannonballs hit the granite building is currently made out of wow no kidding no kidding no kidding they've marked the building with stars for every hit that happened with the cannonballs now uh, at that time the building wasn't occupied Mm -hmm. so there was you know there was really just no damage to the building whatsoever Except the outside, um, but the city was torched. The city ended up being torched, and when people found out that they were free, they decided to either stay where they were, which is what happened on my mother's side. They stayed where they were, mm-hmm. or you realized that there was nothing left for you, uh, and you had to figure something out. And on my father's side, that's exactly what happened. Noah decided that what he was going to do was the Union Army needed all the support that they could get. 
uh, in moving 60,000 men with horses and wagons and cows and chickens across rivers and roads. And uh, you have to imagine that everything was made out of dirt. So you run three or four wagons across this road mm -hmm. and don't have a load and the road is fine. But by the time you get to 20 empty wagons, the road is a mess. Wow. Let alone, you're talking wagons that are loaded, that have uh, weapons that they're pulling, that mm -hmm. have food on them that weigh mm -hmm. an incredible amount. So the roads needed to be uh, tended to. Uh-huh. And... There were a group of men that were called pioneers. Okay. Pioneers went ahead of the army on the route. And what they did was they cut trees. They cut those trees. They laid them across the road. Mm -hmm. And they would crisscross them. When I say crisscross them, some of them would be laying across the road. Then they would follow that with a layer that was running along with the road then mm -hmm. they follow that with another layer that was laying across the road so you end up with a mesh of surface that wagons can roll on okay and the road can support it makes it much so easier sounds like makes it much easier for the army to move around and haul the amount of stuff that they hauled and cover the distances that they covered and the amount of time that they covered it. And I would um, imagine those wagons were tons of weight, like tons and tons of, of stuff. I'm, I'm, I, I can only co-sign that. I can only say I, I agree. I have no idea how much uh, a wagon full of just ammunition would have weighed, but I can imagine it's definitely... Quite a quite a heavy quite a heavy thing to be hauling. Uh, so the pioneers yeah. went in front. The pioneers went in front, and they they got the roads together. And then the the army is coming through. All these people, all this stuff is just coming through. Like I can't even. I'm trying to envision that. That just sounds incredible. Correct. And that's who he became. He became one of those guys. And if you think about it. You know, um, maybe that was an easier job than what he was doing as a field man. Maybe so. I'm 100% sure that he was. Don't think that he was inside the house. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, definitely think that he was a field man. Um, and if I could jump in here real quick, what you said in, in the first interview about understanding the context of your family members' experiences as you look into their history, that would be an important context to know. You know, if you were out in the fields um, and you had an option to do something different, now you're just cutting down trees. That's understanding the context of how that person's experience changed. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, as the story goes on my maternal side, Reese Brown was the son of uh, his enslaver. Mm -hmm. um, so Reese was living pretty good along with 
his family were living pretty good. So nobody showed any kind of interest in going anywhere when the Union Army came through. Gotcha. And I have read account after account after account where enslaved people that were interviewed on a uh, Roosevelt, not Theodore, but uh, did yeah, you, what's the other Roosevelt? Did you, did you say something like WPA in the first interview? Right. 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 But I'm trying to think of the president's name. Oh, not Teddy Roosevelt, but uh, the other Theodore. Is, is no, Theodore. no, not no, Teddy. Theodore no. was Teddy. <laughs> right, not not him, but his brother, cousin, or whatever he was. Yeah, Franklin, Franklin. Okay, uh, Franklin Roosevelt in the 1930s had a uh, WPA project, mm-hmm. which was uh, initiated to put people to work, basically doing uh, all kinds of things throughout America. And one of those things was uh, he hired uh, writers to interview enslaved people that were still alive so that they could tell their stories. Mm-hmm. Um, and in account after account after account, you'll find um, some folks stayed right where they were. Mm-hmm. Other folks were like, it's time to bounce. I'm following the army. So you had a wave of people following this army as it went through, which actually became a problem for the army. How so? Um, if you got people following you, then you have, if you have people following you, those people have needs. Mm-hmm. And uh, at some point, they're going to slow your movement. Gotcha. Uh, so there was an incident uh, uh, with uh, one of Sherman's generals where he cut a bridge and left what they were called contraband. Mm-hmm. People that were following his army of contraband at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, he cut a bridge and left people stranded and those people knew that their enslavers were right behind them mm-hmm. uh, and there was a lot of loss of life at that crossing mm-hmm. um, Sherman uh, who was Pretty much no different than any Caucasian man at that time. He could have cared less mm-hmm. about black folks. Period. Speaking of caring, um, I know that you've looked a lot into Noah Jones Mingo, his background and his experiences. He seems to stand out a lot to you, and I'm just kind of curious. Um, what finding out about him meant for you? It actually made me understand why I felt so drawn to the military. I mean, mm-hmm. my biological father, uh, he was he was in the Korean, uh, well, he came in after Korea, but mm-hmm. he was in the military. And um, I was like, gee, you know, um, I had a aunts and uncles uh, that were in the military and you know, like, gee, um, I wonder why we got so much of that going on. 
So, and I really trace that back to the fact that the army came through this area. It really was a, a way to make a living, a good living for your family. And, you know, I think we got to stop and think about that for a minute. Your family, and this is this is why family stories are so important. Your family's military service to this country, and I thank all of you for that. Your family's military service to this country goes back to the 1800s. I just, you know, they just struck me. Like, it's not just that people in your family were in the military but through your research and through these stories and getting to know some of these people in your family that you never met your your family's contribution to this country through military service goes back hundreds of years not decades but hundreds of years it does it does and Every time I think about it, I'm completely blown away. Um, I mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, you recognize an opportunity uh, and you recognize that, that this thing could benefit. Not, it's it's going to pay you a salary, some money that you never, no one never could have imagined in his life that he was ever going to make. Right. The kind of money that he got paid, even though he got paid less than the white soldiers. Um, never could he have ever imagined that uh, his descendants would rise to the rank of lieutenant colonel, graduate from West Point. That wasn't me, that was another cousin of mine. Mm-hmm. Make the rank of full colonel. You know, and have uh, a whole lineage of, of steel grade offices uh, that have cropped up uh, from that area simply because this army came through and just showed, uh, and he decided that he was going to uh, follow, follow, and join. Mm-hmm. And he ends up getting a pension. Uh, from the VA uh, for getting uh, rheumatoid well I forget what it's called rheumatism uh-huh. getting rheumatism from sleeping on wet ground Wow! and um, uh, his wife Fanny ends up um, uh, petitioning for uh, his pension after his death mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not sure if she got it but I have his pension documents and in those documents uh, let me just state that a part of the, my father's people's story one of the three brothers January Ellison mm-hmm. and Noah January ends up killing a white man and he ends up fleeing to Florida well, in his pension record, in Noah Jones Mingo's pension record, uh-huh. his wife Fanny says that she cannot be at court on the date, whatever that date is, mm-hmm. because she is in Florida. 
<laughs> wow. Holy cow. Wow. Holy cow. Really? You're wow. in Florida? Who are you visiting? <laughs> wow. So when I when I say the more you find out, <laughs> the more you realize you don't know, and the more you want to find out. And it sounds like you've discovered some different themes within your family. I think that, you know, we talk about genetics and, you know, it's in the genes, but but a lot of things are, um, th- there are themes that run through families. And it sounds like you've discovered like some themes like leadership and military service. And I'm sure there's there's so much more. When you think about what you've learned about Noah Jones Mingo and your own family history, what was the most interesting thing you learned about your family, generally speaking? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it all full circle for you. Okay. Noah was a private. I became a lieutenant colonel. Retired as a lieutenant colonel. Wow, that's um, applause right there. Well, applause, applause. Thank you. So I have cousins who went to West Point, the United States Military Academy. Mm-hmm. That cousin, second cousin actually, was a Brown, descended on the Brown side. Mm-hmm. He ended up being the professor of military science at Howard University. Oh, wow. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't over yet, man. Wow. My daughter... My daughter, um, ended up getting a full scholarship from her third cousin because he had scholarships that he would never have been able to give away. She ended up going to Howard University 100% free. Wow. Well, shout out to your daughter for her service. Shout out to your cousin for his service why what that is incredible and that is bringing it full circle because i'm she, sh- i'm sure noah I'm jones sorry. oh go ahead i'm sorry he, he retired mm-hmm. as a full colonel the guy that was a professor of military science he retired as a full colonel wow i've got a first cousin on my maternal side mm-hmm. who retired as a full colonel wow oh uh, six i've got cousins on the Mingo side that have graduated oh I'm sorry um, the one that was the professor at, at the professor of military science at Howard mm-hmm. he also graduated from West Point oh. so paternally and maternally the army is all in there wow that's pretty incredible all and in there. That, you know and I don't think like we were saying before about understanding context of your families and how things become a thing in a family. When you start looking into the stories and you start looking at the history and you're recording and writing down and you're seeing the similarities, you can see when things come full circle. And it's just incredible that you have an entire family um, that has dedicated their life to protecting this country. And first of all, on behalf of the listeners, you know, like we thank you for that. And we thank every military family out there um, who has answered that call and put their life on the line. But again, I think this is just 
illuminating on how much you can learn through first researching the family story, but then sharing the family story, which brings us to um, this very important point. How do you uh, how do you share your family history? And and I have to I have to put a spoiler in here. So I have to tell the listeners that you did this skit. Uh, last Juneteenth and it was phenomenal and it was so enlightening about contextually what your uh, family went through what what Noah Jones Mingo went through when he followed the army and it goes into a lot of detail but are there other ways that you plan to share this family history like are you doing a book you doing a blog you doing a podcast I, I gotta know uh, <laughs> <laughs> hadn't thought that far, huh? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm just having a good time doing it. <laughs> well, and I, I think that's an important thing too, because how many times have we been uh, made to feel that history wasn't fun or history can't be a fun activity or research can't be fun? It's always been considered you know, drudgery or, you know, who wants to listen to history, but when it's meaningful to you, when it's your family, or it highlights things that happen in your family, you're going to be a lot more interested than if you were just sitting in a classroom hearing some stuff. That's a fact. That's a fact. Uh, But you definitely um, have to have a questioning mind. You it's it's one thing to get a list of people and births and dates and it's a whole nother thing to understand the environment that those people were living in mm-hmm. when those birth dates and and uh, uh, things occurred uh, yeah you you definitely have to understand the history that was going on with the living conditions that were going on at that particular time mm-hmm. that you're looking at mm-hmm. because it's different and people's mindsets are different. Absolutely. Absolutely. There's no way around it. I I can only imagine what Noah Jones Mingo's mindset was based on the historical information that I received but I can tell you one thing he figured out quick was that he needed to make some money right (laughs) in order to make the money this was a very great opportunity for him to do that absolutely not only that I can imagine that since all this killing of livestock was going on it wasn't very hard to travel a little ways down the road turn around and come back and bring a hog to your people right Uh, right uh, and then travel a little bit further down the road uh, and you might be able to do that a couple times, but, um, you know, after a while, you're not going to be able to do that. So, but once you start making some money, you can start sending some money home so folks can buy some stuff. Well, David, I have to say, um, I have enjoyed learning about your family and your process and how this have has illuminated so many things you know, for you personally. And I just want to, first of all, thank you for sharing your family with my listeners and sharing your story and your journey. Um, 
you've made it very clear that sharing experiences about your family stories and research takes history from being something you learn about to something you really experience. I don't know that oh, we... Yeah, you, you wouldn't be sitting where you are if it wasn't for the people. Right, right, exactly. Taking these experiences and this knowledge and sharing it within families can be the change that we need to see. We we complain about young people this, young people that, or people are don't do this and don't do that. Well, if we really knew more about who we were and where we came from, you know, could that change some things for us? I think that applies to anybody. It just, knowledge is power and knowing where you're from and what things have impacted your family and what things influenced you to become who you are within the context of that family. You definitely have me motivated to continue my research. And um, I just really, really want to thank you for highlighting such an important topic. Now, let the listeners know where they can find you on social media. I can be found at MJ Mingo 1865 on Instagram. Okay, so that's MJ Mingo 1865 on Instagram. Okay, MJ Mingo 1865 on Instagram. <laughs> so for the listeners who want to follow the Noah Mingo story and um, see more about what David is up to, please hit him up on social media. You can also link to him through the website at lifeconvos.com. Just go to the guest section and there are some links there. You'll see the picture and just click the links and you'll be right in touch with David Mingo. So I want to thank all the listeners for tuning in to Convos with Anita Santiago podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Again, you can always reach out to me at convoscws at gmail.com. That's convoscws at gmail.com.